Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Siren Podcast. My guest today is Waiting for Brentley. They're a rock band based out of Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, They don't actually play together anymore, but uh, if you're from Laurel, you know of this band. Uh, They've been playing for years and years, tons of great songs, multiple albums. It was really awesome uh, getting to talk with them. Uh, So what we did is we took a deep dive into the history of Waiting for Brentley, so how they got their name, Uh, and how the timeline progressed, because they had uh, a lot of different members and things like that. It was a really awesome time. I have uh, Stephen Holland and Sam Donald on the show. So before we start, I wanted to add this into the show, uh, but I missed it. So before we get into everything, I'm going to play this. This is a song that they wrote. It didn't make it onto any of the albums, but they did play it live, and there's a video, and I'm going to play that right now. So Without any further ado, the legendary Waiting for Brandon. Wide open and cry I won't stop till it's 
stop to resolve Over and over and over and porcelain eyes wide open and Thanks for coming on. How have y'all been? Been good, man. How have you been? Uh, been doing good. Uh, I'm an essential worker, so I'm still working right now. So, which is good. It's good for me. I'm still bringing home money. So, yeah, man, that's always good. Yes. Would have liked a little break, but I'd rather rather be working. So, I'm enjoying the break. This. <laughs> so. Uh, sucky. Uh, Sam, Sam is on the call, but we had some trouble getting his uh, video to work. But so he's here in audio form. Uh, so that's who you're hearing in the background talking. Uh, and we also have Stephen Holland, the uh, frontman for Waiting for Brantley, and Sam uh, was a guitar player for Waiting for Brantley. So uh, I just thought I had a podcast the other day, and a lot of people were really curious about uh, kind of the the backstory of waiting for Brantley and uh, kind of how it how it happened, where it went. Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but waiting for Brantley is uh, almost like a legendary Laurel band. You know, everybody knows it, everybody likes it. Anytime I mention waiting for Brantley, they're like, "Oh yeah, I know that band," even if they're not musicians. So. Um, you know, people want to know how it started, you know, times where it got rocky, you know, and I know y'all did a real big, uh, professional recording up in South Carolina, North Carolina, something like that. Um, so yeah, so wherever you think would be good to start, I have the name origin and I've heard five different stories on this. So I don't, I don't even know how the name came about. Okay. I okay. I was there, and I don't know what the real story is. <laughs> like, okay, this is the way I remember it. And if you ask, I'd say if you asked, uh, like Eric Asmar or, um, gosh, Josh Gavin, like any of those guys, like the the group the group of guys that were there whenever we came up with the name. I think everybody would have a different um, a different answer for that. Mine is, I remember there being a, okay, so Eric had a friend named Brantley, right? I remember us going through, we were at a point where it was just like, 
we'd gotten together and we had all of these songs. We didn't have a name. We were re- we were going to play a show at the guitar player's house. Like the only people that would be, it was like a barbecue. Like the only people that were going to be there was going to be his parents, his grandparents, like all this stuff. We needed a name. So I remember it coming down to like, all right, everybody throw a bunch of names in this hat, and whatever we pull out, that's going to be the name of the band. And one of the names that was kicked around was Eric Asmar. That was our drummer at the time. Uh, he was uh, somehow like his friend Brantley had went off to somewhere. And he had at some point in conversation said like, man, I'm tired of waiting for Brantley to come back. And we were just like, hey, that's a cool name. So that was added to the hat. And then one of the names that was added to the hat was Satellite Syndrome. That was mine that I put in the hat. And then there was a few others that were really, I mean, they're in, at the end of the day, like all band names are kind of silly. Yeah. But, um, so I remember we pulled Satellite Syndrome. That was the name that was pulled out of the hat. But... We liked Wendell for Brantley that much that we were just like, no, we're going to go with that. And that's my story. Everybody else is going to have a different story. I don't know. Well, I mean, that sounds good. That sounds uh, very plausible, like a very plausible story. Um, I think Gavin said you drove, no, you drove Brantley to practice. And they were like, yeah, we're waiting on him to get here. I don't know. I'm, that was that was Eric Asmar that would drive Brantley to practice because they were they were really good friends. Hmm. Wow! I was the older guy in the in the bunch. Like they were, you know, they were all like I think two years younger than me at that point. So him and uh, Eric Asmar and Brantley were really close friends. So that's probably where he's getting that from. Like it's kind of sort of the same story. Wow. I don't know, maybe, maybe he's right. <laughs> well, that, that adds to the, uh, the allure of it, I guess. So it makes it, uh, makes it interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still, I'm looking, even though we're having the video issues with Sam, I can still see him on my end and it's, Describe what Sam is doing (laughs) right now. Oh, my goodness. Just put your thumb over me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I need to do that. Sam, put a piece of tape on your camera to where it's just, like, black. There you go. What is that? A pill bottle? (laughs) Oh, a piece of... Okay. Okay. Hey, man. Don't out him. Don't out him on (laughs) that. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But, um, yeah, I think, see, I was in a band with another, another guy from Law that I think was on your show two or three weeks ago, something like that, Chad Knight. Yeah, he was, he was saying that you played drums with him and it was like a punk band called, uh, Yeah, I don't remember what he said, Spitfire or something? Well, there was, uh, dude, we were so young, but 
we were we were split. That was one of the names. And then it turned into halfway there. I'm telling you, horrible names. <laughs> Hindsight, like, yeah, these are terrible names for a band, but Look, whatever. The greatest, oh. the greatest band of all time, the biggest band of all time. Um, Limp Bizkit? Limp Bizkit yes. is, well, the Beatles. I, I mean, was about to say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, I was I was talking with with another guy I had on, and we we're talking about band names and band names. They become what uh, what the band is. So you stop thinking like when you hear um, the Beatles, you don't think oh a bunch of bugs. You think the actual band. Same thing with like the Cranberries. I don't think about Cranberries. I think of that song they have and stuff like that. So the band names. Really don't yeah. matter after a while. Dude, that's such a good song. Linger. Yes. <laughs> she should have just lingered the whole time on that R. That was a gorgeous song. Um, did she pass away? Is that her? Yes. I she, forgot about that until just now. Yeah, she uh she passed, and they had that other band that covered Zombie. And she was supposed to be oh. on it or something. I don't know. And then he ended up singing. Uh, what were we? Where did we go with this? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I was in a band with Chad, and then at some point, uh, I moved over to play guitar for Chad. And then, dude, I'm. It was the worst day ever. So Sam, get out of. Don't do that. So distracting. Worst day ever. So Chad, he calls me up and he's just like, hey. He basically broke up with me. He's just like, hey. <laughs> it's not working out. This, this is not working out. I'm sorry. And we played a couple of shows with uh, a band that all of those guys were like <clears throat> Watkins High School. And they were called Punch. Mm -hmm. And kind of became friends with them. And... I had knew, I think, yeah, 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 I worked at a place that, for some reason, Josh would come in, he would eat, I would, like, cooked burgers or whatever, and he would come in and eat, and I knew him pretty well, so as soon as Chad asked me, I, uh, I called, I think it was Josh, and I was just like, hey, I want to join your band. And he was just like, okay, cool, come do it. And then from there, like, I don't know. All, all I really remember about that long ago was we finally got a group of songs together. It was so fun in those days. Not that it wasn't fun later. <laughs> just saying. Um, but, you know, back then it's like, it didn't matter. It's just fun. Yeah. Uh, but I remember we we came up with this plan to a dog just walked in. Sorry. We came up with this plan to every single weekend, like we didn't have anywhere to play. So every single weekend, we were going to drive somewhere and drop off these little demo CDs that we had made, and. That's kind of where everything started because we went to 
uh, like Gulfport, Biloxi. We went, we drove down there, and we just had, I, I don't even know what we were using. I guess we had like a, I don't think like phones with the internet were really a thing at that point, maybe. I don't think so. No. So I guess we just had like a list of places that we found somewhere. It was just like, all right, this is all the places we're going to go. We're going to find somebody. We're going to give them our CD, and then hopefully they'll let us just play. Um, and we ran across this place. Now, it got wiped out, Hurricane Katrina, but there used to be a place called the Upstairs Downstairs. And that, it was the last place we went uh, dropping off CDs. We heard nothing back from anybody. Nobody ever called to ask us to play except for the guy at the upstairs downstairs. And I remember it being, I, honestly, like when you walked into the place, it looked like a strip club. It, to me, like you, it was really kind of sketchy, but Anyway, the owner of the place, his name was Nick Matina, and he, like, the next week, he called and was just like, hey, he had this, like, he had, like, a serious, I don't, I don't know, like, gang, like, old school gangster accent. I don't know what you, how you would describe it, but, like, uh, hey, uh, been listening to your guy's CD and uh, real good stuff real good stuff and uh you know I, i'd like to get you in here and play play a gig so that sorry i got on um so that we ended up playing at that place more times than i could count for i mean probably like 20 30 bucks every time we played but it was the best thing ever and we wasn't simply human. Is that that's what I'm trying to figure out? When did we come across Simply Human? I saw y'all play at the joint in Jackson. Remember, I was with Taylor. Oh yeah. <laughs> you thought I, we were... still think, I still think the same thing. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. The beard helps. He's gonna say so. So there's multiple. Okay. There's, there was definitely multiple phases of the band. And so that was phase one. And then anybody that's listening that knows Eric Johnson was our guitar player at the time. He, uh, he went off on a mission trip for like, I think it was a year, a year or two years, uh, somewhere I believe in South America awesome love eric uh, but we had to get another guitar player and then once that happened like once we started changing out that was the beginning of like changing the entire thing and then the second wave i don't remember i don't know who sam who was in the band whenever we played at the joint uh brad wells and Tyler McCraney, Josh, and Asmore, and you. Wait, I missed the first. Did you say, was it Michael Fowler? 
Well, say Michael Fowler. No, no, Michael Fowler. It was McCraney whenever I saw y'all at the joint. Michael Fowler. Okay. Okay. So that would have been pretty close. So I was trying to think about this earlier today. When you took Asmar's spot, right? Bobby? No. Yeah. Harvey was playing. I, okay. I, I joined after y'all recorded A Million Reasons to try again. And I was in there right before. I was in the band when we uh, got Sam. Yeah, Tyler I was, was so playing, you, and then you Sam. were the drummer when I joined. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. See that that I, I get a lot of that confused because I remember, and it's of no, it's of no like, uh, what's the word? Like Harvey was very. Uh, like on, off, like he was kind of just like anytime he was more of a higher gun, I guess. Like anytime we needed a drummer, it, you know, Harvey Lott is a great drummer. And of course, you know, he'd always just be like, yeah. So I get confused because Harvey was kind of like in and out and in and out. And I always just remember Asmar, Bobby, uh, Cave Hayden, and that was, but okay, and Kenny, and Kenny, Kenny, dude, I'm getting old, man. I don't know, and James for a short minute, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so do you have, six. You have a better memory of it than I do. I, I don't know. What after after I. I after y'all, after I left the band, I don't really know what happened. I know Kenny played after me, but then after that, there was there was a, another guy. A uh, he wore glasses, curly hair, blonde. Because I, I saw him play with y'all at in Hattiesburg at the tavern. Glasses and curly hair. Mm -hmm. He's in some of your pictures. Sam. I have no idea. Sam wasn't playing. It was a guy with long, long hair playing. He played like a uh, Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, uh, all right, that was fluff. Okay, that sounds right. That was after me. Yeah, he's talking about Matt. So. Yeah, Matt and right. Okay. Either way, so I'm trying to get to simply human because once we get to that that is like a whole different i feel like that became a whole different band to me yeah yeah because i think we were playing a lot at the upstairs downstairs and then somehow we did we we were able to play at a place called the joint in jackson where sam's from and we met those guys I was questionable about them because of how nicely dressed they were. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was younger then, you know. And then that was the that was the fashion. Yeah. <laughs> that was the 
is inconsiderate of me. How were they dressed, uh, Stephen? I, I remember seeing them play at the Alamo with Waiting for Breakfast. Well, it was just very, like, <sighs> metro, metrosexual. <laughs> Before metro was metro. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. Because now, see, now if I saw dudes dressed like that, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, like, we, you look pretty cool. But at that point, it's like, what's, what's, what's this? And to, in all fairness, it's a group of people, all right? And you two are just, like, hanging out with each other. Well, that was it. Well, I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> You're talking about uh, his name was Cowboy, the singer, right? That was the singer. This is, happened to be me and Taylor, the bass player that oh. night. Which, but me and Cowboy were usually hanging out. Because I thought y'all looked similar when I saw y'all play. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, they look pretty, they're like twins. I don't remember. That was 15 years ago. Though. Yeah, it's been a while. So, and then how did that, okay. At some point, we played together, and then I don't know. Me and you just started talking a little bit. Yeah, it it somehow was just like all right. After let's say after Eric Johnson left and went on his mission trip, uh, there was another band around in Law. Michael Fowler came and played guitar. Now, if I'm getting the order mixed up. Absolutely, like say, no, that's not what happened. But Michael Fowler was playing guitar, and I remember uh, a friend of mine was the singer of another band in Law. And at the time, it went from Hybrid Number no. Five to Burning November, mm-hmm. and we had played. We had played together since I don't know if Chad went into this with you, but. We met Brad Wells through a talent show in high school. We saw him play, like, acoustic. He played Wonderwall. Mm-hmm. Now, back then, that was pretty cool for if somebody were to play Wonderwall. Like, now, you know, I mean, you can play Wonderwall if it's, you want. It's been played enough, <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, if you have to play it, you have to play it. But I'm just saying. He did a very great job of it. Uh, I was there for that. And idea. you saw that? Yeah. Yeah. It was, was, that was so good. And we were just great or something. We were just like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? He's so great. And he ended up playing guitar for Chad. And then he went on to start his own band. And it was really good. They had a lot of good songs. And I was really just rolling the dice. And I went up to Brad. He was, um, his grandpa had a pawn shop um, on Highway 84. By Sonic. And I, no, the other Yeah. One. Yeah. It was like right when you turn going toward, uh, like if you're, I haven't lived in law in. He had two of them, if I remember. One was right by Sonic on 16th, and then there was a smaller one on 84. Yeah, he worked at the at the smaller one. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd go in there and like hang out, and then 
one day I was just like, man, I know who the perfect guitar player would be for this band to take Eric Johnson's place. Um, and I went in there and I was just like, dude, I know you got your band going and y'all are awesome and everything, but we would like you to come play with us. And he did. And, uh, I think that started a whole different uh, era whenever Brad joined because I think right after that is when we, we did the first album. Well, let me tell you when it took off. This is from being outside of the band. This is when it turned into like um, where y'all just like shot up. It was um, before that I'd seen y'all play at like Laurel Palooza's and stuff. And um, don't take this in a bad way, but it was like, oh, that's, you know, there's another band, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't anything crazy. It was just every other band, you know, there's a bunch of bands. Right. Y'all played Laurel Palooza at, it was in the park. Um, I actually played, I was playing with Brian Dill at that point and y'all played and just completely changed the whole game. I don't know. Brad smashed a guitar at the end of the show Gavin was running all over the stage doing stuff. Everybody was just like, who the fuck are these guys? Where did this come from? <laughs> and that's when everybody was like, Brad Wells was in Burning November. They had a record deal and all this stuff. And now he's playing guitar for this band. And it just shook up everything. Everybody was confused and just, it was crazy. It, that's that's when, like, I even think that's when music and Laurel was like, let's like we can do more in Laurel than what we thought we had been able to do in the past. It was so the whole music scene to me that was where everything changed. Especially for I agree. So I agree. Yeah, now that you mentioned that like that was I remember that night. Look, I mean and and also like Brad was a phenomenal uh musician probably one of the best songwriters I've come across. Uh, I mean, he just had such a incredible talent. And I mean, I'm saying that, um, you know, I know, I, I don't know if people listening, I mean, I'm sure they know uh, Brad passed away. Uh, I don't know how long ago that was, but right. 12 years. Uh, has it been that long? Yeah, I've been with my wife for 10 years, and it was before that, so probably 12 years. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, he was just an incredible, incredible talent. And I, at some point, you know, I think if, if with that much talent, you know, I think you do get to a point where you're just like, you, you start to want more. And I think, you know, Brad was obvious. Like, if, if I'm getting this guy who is a incredible songwriter and singer and, you know, at some point, like, he's going to want to pursue that. So when Brad decided to leave, it was no surprise, honestly. And um, it was a total bummer, for sure. But it... it, it it really wasn't a surprise. And then, where did we go from there? Cody. We're getting close, Sam. <laughs> Heller after 
Tyler and Tyler and Brad left around the same time. Yeah, I was right. I was really good friends with Tyler, um, and then he started playing. They started their own band called Dexter. Yes. Oh um, uh, yeah. And then uh, wasn't band. What now? Wasn't Lee and Dexter? No, it was just it was Tyler and Brad played bass, and Shane Dudley played drums. It was a three piece. They played like Blink One Eighty Two and like pop punk type stuff. Um, uh, yeah. That's when that's when Cody came in, and your your genre even like not really genre your style the style of Brantley went to a faster paced more yeah. aggressive type sound and that's yeah that's when I joined is right after that yes I, Matt, yeah it did it did because Cody definitely brought like. Uh, it was definitely more of a, I don't know, like, I guess, like what you're saying, it was definitely a faster, like, more aggressive type style to the whole thing, mixed with what we were doing. And then, all right, so, obviously, Sam, I don't know if I'm wrong. We had already, at that point, when Cody was playing with us, um, that was going to be the time of the, the EP, the second this what whatever it was five or six songs and uh because i know that was that would have been harvey me michael cody and that's it right gavin yeah yeah and gavin okay so that would have been the same time that we started talking to at that time, we started talking to this guy in uh, Connecticut, and it, we had already, yeah, so we had already, I had already been talking back and forth with Sam, like, n not about really anything, like, just, you know, every now and again, like, hey, what's up, man? You know, we should play a show together sometime. Nah, just the things that you say to one another, and... This guy had a quote-unquote record label. And he was putting together a, um, like a tour. And he wanted us to do the tour. Um, and I thought, I thought it would be really cool to reach out to Simply Human, whom that was, that was Sam's first band I thought it'd be really we like those guys a lot and to reach out to them and just be like hey it'd be really fun for both of us to do this tour together uh, you know because they're I don't know it's a lot easier when you know some people yeah. so and I remember the first night of that tour I'm gonna use uh, I'm gonna use quotes again the first night of that tour we were in, uh, y'all played one night before us, right? Y'all played Fitzgerald's with us? That was the first night we did it. No, that was, we didn't do Fitzgerald's. We did the next day in Fort Worth, Texas. Fitzgerald's was the only good date. <laughs> that's, that, that's what everybody was saying. Like, that was the only legit, 
date on that whole thing. And and Michaels and Moss Point. Oh, uh, yeah. But that was because we booked that. He didn't even book that. <laughs> so, yeah. So we did this thing together, and it really, it did not last long. But I think Simply Human, like, y'all stuck it out, didn't you? Yeah. We went all the way to New York. <laughs> God. Y'all quit Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. Harvey Lott. Harvey Lott was not going to take another step with that guy and do any more shows, period. Uh, like, and I don't, I mean, I don't blame Harvey because it was definitely like not legit. Like, we were, if you didn't have, trust me, y'all did the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> It was terrible. Is that where they just set up? They're like, hey, all these shows are booked. Good luck getting to each one kind of thing. They weren't like, yeah. uh, they weren't like, here's money to get to all these places and backing. It was just like, sleep in the oh, van. Hope, hope you make it. You can play if you can make it to all these. Yeah. Dude, there was no money involved whatsoever. He was stealing money from the bands. It was, it got bad. Wow. <laughs> he was still in like the first journey and asking if he could stay with bands in the hotel and all this different stuff. Like, I don't know. It got pretty nasty. And then he, I don't know, man. It just got rough. <laughs> that dude disappeared off the face of the earth. Up, though, he still keeps trying to use Waiting for Brantley's music as like his own music. You remember when that happened? Yeah. <laughs> So, so then we fast forward to after that whole thing. I don't, I don't remember us talking. I don't remember really what was going on, but that was the point where Sam was living in Jackson, and the next thing I remember, Sam is coming to freaking Shady Grove, Mississippi. And eventually moving in with me in your at my mom's house. Yeah, and my grandpa's, like, he had built an office at our house. And me and Sam living out there and working at Ryan's. Oh, yeah, I remember that, Ryan's. Those were the days. <laughs> and those were, those were the days. <laughs> oh, did we lose him? Yeah. There he is. I can see you now. Hey, I'm back. Hey, I'm back. Sorry. Um, so that, to me, see, was when... See, Stephen, now your video's gone, but I can see Sam's. Yeah, y'all switched around. Because now Sam's on top and you're on the bottom. Ah! Hey. <laughs> what happens? Hang on. That's weird. That's good. People can take a break and look at you for a little while. Well, he's just a little tiny circle in the top. But we can see you. So you can still see me? No, I can't see you. I can't see you. Oh. Wait. It's like jumping around now for some reason. I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe it's just only letting me have one. I don't know. I can see both. 
Oh, Steven's face is real close. Real close to the camera. <laughs> Got that Garfield stash going. Oh, oh yeah. All right, I got Sam now showing up on the screen. Uh, there's a thing. I'm, I'm moving stuff around with my finger on my phone, and I can move y'all around. Well, see, I, I can move y'all now, but um, all I can see is Sam. He's wearing well, a hat, gray jacket. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sharp. We'll just we'll share we'll share the screen time. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's something going on with the Skype, but um, I can still hear you, Stephen. I was just gonna say um, that to me, like when Sam joined the band, we were still practicing out in um, we were practicing at Josh Gavin's house. That was when things drastically changed and. You know, like, I feel like the band that once was, was now a brand new band. Um, in a lot of different ways. I mean, I, I, I think, I think when, like, all of us, when we saw, like, okay, Sam just moved from Jackson to here, like, we need to, we need to start getting really, really serious about this. You know, and it, it was a great motivation. I mean, at the time, it, it was a good time, too. I mean, you had MySpace. I miss MySpace. That was awesome. Sam, you had Richard. Dude. <laughs> Sorry. It's a... I don't know who Richard is, but... Yeah, it's... <laughs> I don't even know if he's real. Ed. At this point, who's to say? It, it appears that uh, Sam doesn't want to talk about Richard, so. <laughs> nah. No, no Richard. I'll let Stephen tell you about Richard if he wants to. Nah, Richard was just this guy. He, he, su he supposedly, yeah, maybe, what record level is that? Uh, drive-through. Drive-through. I just saw him post yesterday. I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's still like associated with all that crap. Really? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's a real guy, but he ain't worried about no way for Brantley from Mississippi. Right. Right, Didn't right, right. He does first? Yeah. Dirk. I, yeah, I don't know how that. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know how that even came up. Yeah, I don't either. Anyway, the point was, was some, he was he, he worked with Drive Through Records or something, and I think he approached. Uh, he said something was good. He gave us some tips, something like that. And I, we were in the middle at that point. Like Sam joined, and we were starting to write what would be the next you know, that next album. And there were a lot of things that we probably didn't even use. And, I mean, we played a lot of gigs at that point. Lee, uh, Lee came in after, yeah, after Sam. Because it was, 
Who was playing drums whenever you came in? Bobby. <laughs> you just told me that. <laughs> I sorry, I could not... I couldn't remember because I thought... The only gigs that I remember with Bobby, though, like like specifically, do y'all remember riding to Knoxville in that van with all the windows knocked out and it was like snowing? No. I remember going to Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. it was freezing um, cold. Windows were broken in the van and like, <laughs> Bobby, you were basically like in the fetal position the whole trip going up there. I think that was your last gig, actually. <laughs> It might have well, been. No, Lee was there, right? No, I never played with Lee. But what what show did we play? It was in no, this was in Nashville. Lee was Lee was there, um, not not as part of the band, but like just randomly showed up in Nashville. I don't remember that. That's so I, probably because I didn't know him then. Well, that's the. First, no, 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 you didn't because Asmar was still playing. I remember Eric Asmar being there. I don't know, man. It's all fuzzy. We went through a, we went through a slew of people. <laughs> just, just while I was in it, it was a lot of people. I mean, well, yeah, it's hard to keep up with. It really is. Uh, but all that to say, you know, Lee eventually came in and he was the bass player lee was dating josh's sister that's how he was that's what it was i forgot yeah that's funny he would he would say like uh like he would always talk about how i mean like they were dating and stuff and he would be like at the house and where we practiced was like off in the back of the yard like this shop that they had like pretty far back and he would just talk about how like he would listen he'd just be like hanging out like listening to whatever we were doing and but but Kenny came in at at some point right did Kenny take Bobby's place Kenny Kenny was after me I never I never saw him play any shows with y'all I'm sure he did yeah. but but he was playing. It would, it would have had to been Kenny. It would have had to been Kenny taking taking your spot because Kenny is the one that introduced me to Lee. Because Kenny and Lee were were good friends, and they went to uh, church together and like played on the worship team together. Because I remember uh, somehow Kenny. We were at like McAllister's or something, and we met with Lee there, and Lee was so excited. Like, that was the best thing that had ever happened to him. <laughs> he, <laughs> which is funny. But, but at that point, at that point, like, Lee wasn't really like the rest of us, like, where, you know, we played in different bands and all that kind of stuff. Like, Lee was kind of low key. I mean, he played guitar like here and there with like some of his friends but never anything serious you know he, I, I don't yeah because Lee was in a he was in a band with Cape like that uh, what was that Nothing Faded wasn't Lee in that band no no 
Are y'all both saying no? Yeah. Okay. The eyes. I thought Lee was in that band. Uh-uh. Maybe not. I mean, definitely not, if you're both saying no. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was in the Tyler Durden band. Who was Tyler Durden? Who is Tyler Durden? They are, uh, they're actually getting back together. I got a oh. message about that. So, oh. that's coming. Well, all that just to get to what I felt like, and I, you know, Sam can say whatever he wants about this. I felt like when we got to me, Sam, Lee, and then interchangeable, Cave came after after recording the album because Kenny couldn't. Kenny wasn't able to go to South Carolina to record. So, I feel like, I mean, that was the, it was us three that went and recorded that, and um, we used a studio drummer while we were there. We actually, we had a friend that came with us to record drums that, unfortunately, he wasn't able to do it once we got there. I don't know, Andy from Burning November. Yeah. Andy was in Burning November, and, um, you know, Andy was a good, he was a good drummer. It was, it was definitely a different style that we, it was like trying to put a, a square block into a circle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was one of those situations. I think when we got there, like us and the guy that was producing us was, we were all on the same page, and Andy was just kind of like, you know, for him to be such a new drummer, I think. Yeah, but I mean, he really did work hard at it before we went. I felt bad for all that happened, and but he was really cool about it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so studio drumming is a completely different ball game than regular drumming. Um, I don't know if that's what y'all are talking about. Sometimes you get yep. to a studio's drumming, and they're like, they, like, you're playing it, but it needs to be dead on. Like, that's that's tough. Yeah, and this was, like, this was another level of having to be on. Because, so we went and recorded with Eric Bass, who is now the bass player for Shinedown. And we, we came across Eric because we had played, there were some bands, once we were like playing around a good bit and we got into like playing shows in Louisiana and stuff, there was a uh, awesome band. If anybody gets a chance, I still love to listen to this band. There's an awesome band out of Shreveport, uh, their name's Tyler Reed. And Tyler Reed, we knew they had recorded with Eric Bass in South Carolina and I mean the the sound of their stuff was so awesome and that's what ultimately like that's what made us make that decision of okay do we want to do we want to just do the thing where we go somewhere and just record or do we want somebody else's outside opinion and really like take control of this whole thing and you know 
go all the way with it. So we decided to do that through Lee's stepdad. I mean, he funded the entire thing because uh, he, man, he believed in that. That was a fan right there. Like old John was. Uh, That's really all. He was all about some waiting for Brantley, and he was, you oh, know. That's all. Awesome. Wait, what'd you say? I said that he still is, too. Yeah, he re- he is. Every now and again, I'll get, like, a Facebook message or something where he's just like, when you boys getting back together or something. <laughs> it's been like. I'm trying to cash in. Get back yeah, in. it's been like. <laughs> Oh, he has no problem letting you know. Like, yeah, I still, I still have like thousands of CDs. <laughs> you got one. I've got uh, He's in my garage. If you know anybody? Man, God bless John Rhodes. Yeah, that was a uh, that was Lee's stepdad, and he helped us out with that. And we were able to go to South Carolina. I saw a UFO for the first time whenever we were on our way. It's true. You remember me telling you that, Sam? I do slightly remember that, yeah. You were hoping I didn't mention it? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I did. Uh, Dude, go ahead. I love the, I love a UFO story. We, rode it, we were riding together, weren't we? Maybe. We took my, uh, my blazer. Blazer. Because remember, Andy had to take Lee's truck back. I think. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't. How, I remember you talking about this, but I don't think I was in the vehicle with you. How you didn't? How you didn't see the UFO? I'll never know. Probably asleep. I don't know. I think you were driving, so that's <laughs> that's that's alarming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now, yeah. Now, that got us to South Carolina, and I mean, how old were we at that point? Like 22? 22, 23, yeah. Uh, and for us three to be in South Carolina, like recording with this guy that we really, really admired, and I mean, it was just a crazy experience okay. to me. He hated me. Who, Eric? <laughs> yeah. No, he didn't. He didn't. I mean, he didn't like it when I broke his headphones. <laughs> Eric Bass was a very particular person. Uh, super awesome guy and very smart and all that stuff. But when it came to, like, his his things and the way he operates, like he definitely had a method and we were definitely messing that up. <laughs> we were because everything. We, wipe your hands off. <laughs> and we didn't know it till we got there that we didn't have a drummer. So it set yeah. back a week. Basically we had to teach somebody all the songs. Well, that makes a good story though. After it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely a pain, but I mean, it, it all came out well. I yeah, think. I thought that yeah. album was awesome. That's the best album. 
Well, they're all good. I, it was it was awesome. It was good. I was super proud of that album, but I I also think that we had a lot of expectations coming out of that. And when you're when you put that much into something like that, like I'm just talking like money and time and you know, I remember like weeks we were working on songs and trying to make them as perfect as we possibly could. Uh, and then ran into the situation where Kenny couldn't go and had to teach a drummer all the songs. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. I think when we came back from that, you know, that's when uh, we came back from that and Hayden joined and Hayden was a friend of Sam's. And um, I would regard that sounds that sounds smart. I would regard I would <laughs> in my mind in my mind still Oh gosh. In my mind um, me and Sam and Lee and Hayden, like, that was the band that, nothing against anybody else. It had just totally formed into a completely different band than what it started back in, you know, 2002 or 2003. It's a completely different band. And to me, that was the that was the memory that stuck the closest is those four guys. Um, and I don't know, there, there was a bond, there was a bond between us four that I think it, it came out of the whole going and the recording process. And then the hard work that we did afterwards, like it just, I don't know, we, we were all really good friends. Right. So, um, but yeah, I mean that was that was pretty much it, and you know, and eventually, um, there's a lot of a lot of hard work, and when your expectations are that high, and you know, life started happening. You know, I mean, I moved to. Baton Rouge and Hayden was living in Columbus, Mississippi and Sam's still living in Lowell at that point and you know it's you can't it's almost like it was almost like having that almost like having a long distance relationship where you promise each other like that you're still gonna like everything's still gonna be fine you know, like, uh, I'm going to be over here, but everything's still going to be fine. Like, we're still going to play shows, and we're still going to work on stuff, and I'll drive down. And then, I mean, that's just not the reality of it. And I will say about Sam the same thing that I said about Brad, which was when somebody is extremely talented and writes good songs and sings and and does all this stuff like 
you can't blame them on trying to better themselves, even though at the time, I, you know, I did blame everybody. It was everybody's fault. Like, what, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, this is, we're ruining everything here. But honestly, I mean, it was bound to happen. You go ahead, Sam. <laughs> you go, that's all I have. What am I, what, what am I supposed to say? That was, that was just me saying to you that the older I've gotten, and the more I can reflect on the fact that you were a bird that needed to spread its wings. Yeah. It did get tough towards them, which we did it for a while. I mean, with Hayden driving down and you live in yeah. New Zealand. So, I mean, I think we took it as, as far as we could with the distance, you know. We didn't have life and all that back then so <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean yeah and I think Sam was just at a different place in life you know where it's like like you had you put a lot of work into it and you still put a lot of work into what you do now Right. So, I feel like in a lot of ways, the band and the way that we were and the distance that we were apart and not being able to really do the things that we needed to do was hindering what you needed to do. Yeah. You know I like to practice. Hmm. All the time. <laughs> I don't blame you, though. I mean, yeah. For yeah, sure. And it's always what I've liked to do for fun. It's just fun for me. I mean, you know that. So, not. I think the writing process is just as fun for me as the, the writing and recording process is just as much fun to me going out and playing. But I've always enjoyed that part of it. I think it's a little much for some people I play with sometimes because not everybody always wants to practice or record or do whatever. You're about the closest person that would do that as much as I wanted to back in those days, we would not stop do it. Back in those days, we were spry young chickens. <laughs> yep. Your mom, remember that little studio we had? Your mom always said we sounded like called a dog or something. Like yeah. Dog. Yeah. Man, I, you know, I honestly, that was give or take, I mean that was that was more than twelve years ago, right? Easily, about twelve, about twelve years ago, right? Um, you know that whole that whole experience, the recording, and then everything after that with the shows, and you know that's just something that I will definitely cherish. For ever, like that's the best time of my life, and it honestly molded me into whatever it is that I do now. Like, just <clears throat> it was it was a learning experience for sure. Like, um, 
I don't know. Different. I can, yeah. I can agree with that because, I mean, I think I learned. Uh, I don't know. Some of the hardest lessons probably in this band you know, that I can still use to this day. So good and bad. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell your listeners the best story about Sam Donald that I know. Okay. All right. Okay. So this was this was like a couple of days before we were leaving to go to South Carolina, and oh god, I know you, dude. This is the best story. So we all got together. My mom's house. There was a uh, there was an above ground pool, and we all got together. It was it was a, it was a good size, so we were all able to like hang out and freaking just have a good time. You know, and so about tequila. Yeah, and and Andy was there. Sam was there. Was Lee there? It was all of us, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think Lee and Susan. Yeah, Lee and Susan were there. Um, dude, I I don't remember anything. <laughs> so, so the next day, uh. Like I said, this was only a couple of days until we left to go to South Carolina. I think we were like getting ready to load up or practice, something like that. So I think it was me and Lee went to Andy's. We went to Andy's. And Andy was just waking up. It was like late in the day. I mean, back in those days, we could sleep until like 12 or 1 and it was fine. But it was something like that. And Andy was just waking up. So Andy gets up and has no idea where, where Sam is. So they rode together, and Sam is nowhere to be found at this point. So we're all just kind of like, well, we should probably, I mean, we should go check on him. Like, he's not answering phone calls or anything. So we drive out to Sam's house, which is where... We skipped over that whole thing. Like we were, we were practicing this whole time at Sam's house. Best place to practice ever. Uh, I still miss that place. But it was out. In, it was out in Soso. So Andy lived in. Uh, he, he lived around the end of Trace Road in Shady Grove, right? So if you're going, if you're on Trace Road. And you go all the way down and you turn left as if you're going to West Jones. Like Andy lived somewhere up in that area. Sam was living way out in Soso. Gatan, by the Gatana Grill, if you know where that's at. Yeah, I grew up Dude, in Soso. I don't know bar. where that is. Bar. That's all we yeah. got to say. <laughs> nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. We drive out to, the, to Sam's house. He's a, I, As soon as we walk in... I can see Sam's I can see Sam's feet hanging out from under the blanket. And they are black. Like black. <laughs> and he wakes up. Dude dude freaking walked from Andy's house to his house because what was it because Andy wouldn't get up and take did I bring you home? Or you wanted something to eat? You wanted some pizza? Huh? <laughs> 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 I 
walked all the way back, but that's got to be like 10 miles. 11.5 to be exact. <laughs> Dude, how did you walk that far? I was in flip-flops, too. It was the worst part. I saw my feet were black. Did, but, at, uh, at what point did you realize you made a mistake, or did you ever realize? Uh, well, I, there's like a shortcut that cuts off like probably <laughs> two miles off the trip. It was so dark that I missed the road. Well, I probably too drunk too, but I missed the road that is that shortcut. And I got about a mile past it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I missed the shortcut." <laughs> so I don't know. In my in my mind, I was just like, uh, "It's only like a ten minute drive. I can probably walk it." I think I left at Andy's at like three in the morning. And I got home at like nine. Yeah. <laughs> the pizza was really good, though. I bet it was. It's probably the best pizza you ever had in your entire life. Did you have some of that party pizza? Is that what this was about? Totino's? Yeah. Put it in the microwave. I, I just remember the, uh, the, the, the brutalness I got from the person I was dating at the time for doing that. I got in big trouble. That's never good. Nah. That was fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. That, that was fantastic. I have, yeah. I have a story about Steven. So this might only be hilarious to me, but you, y'all were playing at Laurel Palooza downtown, and this was when Brad was in the band. And I don't even think Tyler had started playing yet. He might have started playing. But... This guy was doing that thing where he goes, and I say this now that I'm saying it, it might not be funny, but to me it was so funny. He he does that thing where they say somebody yells, "Play Skinner," like but being dead ass serious, and he said, "Play Freebird or something." And uh, on the microphone, Stephen goes, "I don't know how to play that." Um, and the guy was like, "It's easy," and he's and Stephen goes, "Well, you you can play it if you want." And the guy goes, I don't, uh, he goes, you can use my guitar. And he goes, I don't like your guitar. And Steven goes, I don't like you. I don't know. It's, it was, he, just, he says, well, I don't like you. And nobody said anything. It was just like a dead silence. And that, to me, that was the funniest thing I've ever heard come out of your mouth, Steven. Because the guy was just like, know, I don't like you. Boom. Uh, maybe that was funnier to me than it. Shut up. Yeah. The, the I have some, I have some pretty low <laughs> moments the, uh... with, <laughs> with, with uh, my personality no, it's a pretty, lot. Around the guy was times. just being a straight up dick, man. You know, sometimes people out in the crowd get. I've said, <laughs> I've said far worse things on my microphone. Far worse. Well, uh, Weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, things things really got weird, and that that was that's another thing that I do remember, and I think it kind of stuck with me because I think I think we also got to the point there was there was a turning point for the band where I think I don't know if we were just like bored or. 
spinning our wheels on what to do next or what it was, but I, I, I know that we eventually got to a point where it's like, it, it wasn't, it was fun still, but it, it was different fun. Like we weren't, we were just trying to like party and that's it. You know, it, the seriousness of it all just kind of escaped. And we were just like, we're just going to do whatever we want to do at this point. I don't know. Well, do you feel that way? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we started play it. We started mixing in some covers. We were doing about 50-50 through the night, you know, and it just, you know, it happens. Yeah, you're... Well, you talk, yeah. you talk about, I mean, I remember the Jaeger. Steven, I never had Jaeger until I joined the band, and Steven was always like, let's take a shot. I wasn't even old enough to drink. I think I was 18 or 19. <laughs> Whenever I joined. Yeah, I was still in high school. and um, But the first show we ever played, I'd played shows before, but they were never at like a bar where I, I could drink. But I could drink because I was with the band, and they weren't checking. <laughs> So the first uh, show I played, it was at this place called Magic Moments or something on the coast or yes, somewhere. In Gulfport. Yeah. And this the, the guy was like, I remember he was like, hey, man, set up over there. There's a cooler right there full of beer. There's this and whatever. And I was like, this guy's giving us free beer. So I get to play a show and get free beer. And as a high school kid, I was like, this is pretty awesome. And I remember <laughs> it was me and Gavin and every, we we're all sitting at this little round table. And before the show even started, like, that table was <laughs> full of Budweiser's where you couldn't put another beer bottle down. And that was the show that, like, Gavin kicked his amp off stage because it was making a sound. Cody, I think, walked off. And I think they wrote a uh, in a paper about it. So, like, waiting for Brantley uh, had a little too much to drink or some kind of paper they put out down there on the coast. That was the first show I played. So, uh, that was fun. I like that. That was a fun show. Was that the night that girl towed us back to Laurel? Oh, yeah. I don't remember. It was just me and you. The rest of the guys went off somewhere else, but that, that I don't know who it was. Somebody towed us back to Laurel with like a Five foot rope. <laughs> There's so many weird things that you happened. Remember, uh, oh, Bobby! I think Bobby was playing with us. You remember when we played the Battle of the Bands at the Celtic? Yeah. When we had to be in the cold. Yeah, me and you rode in the back of the truck because the van broke down. I don't know. And then Bobby, you remember you had to use that guy's drum set at the Celtic. That was in, uh, oh, yeah, he what? kept saying, quit hitting my cymbals so hard, man. Like, he would, like, tell me to stop. What was the name of that band? Absence of Concern. Absence of Concern. I remember they that. They were concerned. <laughs> they were concerned, apparently. Super concerned about his cymbal. You know who <laughs> You know who that guy plays with now, Bobby, that you use his drums? Who? The Brothers Osborne. Have you heard of them? Uh-uh. They're like a big, kind of like country, I don't know, outlaw country type band, but he plays with them now. They're like a 
I don't know. I saw him playing at like some halftime show like last year. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Wow. Well, uh, yeah. use that guy's symbol. I use that. So I'm kind of famous, <laughs> right? I got something. Yeah, Seventy nine. <laughs> or something. I remember him telling you something crazy. <laughs> he kept coming Dude. up during the show and he'd be like, he'd be like, he'd poke me and he'd be like, stop hitting the cymbal so hard. And I was like, oh, all right. Okay. You didn't exactly play soft. Oh, no. I was a, uh, Travis Barker was my hero. And, and here's what he said. Uh, Travis Barker said in the interview, he said, um, he said, the harder you hit the drum, the better it sounds. And I went, okay. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah. So, uh, there was no, it, I was either on or I wasn't playing. So, yeah, I like it when drummers hit hard. It sounds better for sure. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> um, so this is the question that uh, it has to come up. Uh, what about what about a reunion show, Laurel Palooza this year? Something is that happening? Is that is it could that happen? I mean, I'm sure y'all have not talked about it, but is that something that could happen? Well, we did the one that was what was it three years ago? Yeah, it's something like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, me and Stephen have talked a lot over the years about getting together and like recording or re-recording some of the older songs to see how they turn out. And uh, I've always thought that was a cool idea. Um, as far as the reunion goes, I mean, I'm always down to play. I mean, things are a little different now with Hayden and everything, but um, I'm always down to play with those guys. I've, I've always, I've always loved it. And would always be down at any time. So, but I don't know. We kind of left a good note. So that's kind of one way I feel about it. Also, yeah, yeah. I think when. Uh, when we did play that, how long was that? Um, Hayden Hayden passed. Uh, how long has it been? Eight months. Eight months after. So yeah, eight months after that. So that was the last time. That was the last time we all hung out together. And I just I really felt like like Sam just said. I mean, it ended on a good note and. It would be hard to me to like get somebody to be in that position. I don't know. I mean, I haven't really thought about it. It's just, that's just how, how I always looked at it. It's like that—that that was where everything left off. And then, if if that person can't make it, then it just won't happen. Right, but I mean, I, I don't know. We'd have to talk. So yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's always like, always. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm with Sam on that. Like, yeah, that'd be super awesome and fun. Well, Absolutely. You were talking about going back and recording the old songs. There's a song you never recorded from the first album called If Anger is the New Happiness. Do you remember that song? No. 
<laughs> it was it was the first song that you played for the set. It was the opener. And it kind of had that open D type feel like uh, wherever you call home. It kind of had that kind of same. That satellite? Is he talking about? No, it was it was called "If Anger Is the New Happiness," but it was never recorded. I don't uh, even, I don't even think I played it. It was it's something about the morning you wake up, put on your makeup. Okay. Yes, I remember. Okay, I remember those uh, those lyrics. I just I I can't remember the song to save my life. Is it, this is an old one. It was, yeah, it was back when Brad and Tyler were playing. It was. Like that? Man, I don't know. Honestly, that probably ended up becoming something, I'm sure. You know, (laughs) that's possibly like static or something like that like lyrics changed but well, same song well well oh well <laughs> yeah that was just the you'd always start the the sets with that i remember we went through a thing where we split that's what sam's talking about we we would split up satellite into two parts we the, didn't we? I thought, what? We did it at the re- when we did the reunion show. Did we split it up there too? Yeah, I think we started with it and then ended with it. Pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, but I do, I do, Bobby. I remember, I remember those lyrics. I just, I don't know. Maybe someone, someone out there listening remembers. Maybe Gavin remembers. I don't know. You know. Uh, not too long ago, not too long ago, Lee's wife, uh, she had like a, she had like a demo from whenever, I guess, I, I didn't even remember this, but apparently we had like a three song demo before we even recorded like the 13, the first time. And there was one on there that I completely forgot about. Hmm. Release it. So... Put it out. I don't even know that now. Hmm. Well, anyway, yeah, I've got a I've got a DVD somewhere of us practicing. Well, I don't know if Sam was. Maybe Sam. I think you were in it. Norma brought it to me. She just came up to my work one day. Was like, hey, I got a full CD. I just, I guess she just came to our practice one day and just sat there and filmed the whole the whole practice, and then burned a DVD. So. So, I mean, we've been on here for an hour. Um, I won't keep you guys all night. I do appreciate y'all coming on. It was good to see you both at different times, but <laughs> you know, see you guys again, talk with you. Um, so, uh, I texted I texted Sam earlier, and I was just saying like, like I haven't talked to him or seen him in a while. Like I'm. I was pretty excited to get on with both of you because I haven't seen either one of you in forever. Yeah, man. I, 
I had a uh, a kid la- over a year ago, but like just over a little year over a little over a year ago, and my whole life is just it literally was just like boom. I'm at the house. I'm doing dad stuff. And I haven't been anywhere. I haven't been doing anything. So I'm just now coming back out. And then we go into lockdown. So it's uh, I haven't been doing anything anyway. So it's. It's it's definitely a strange time. Very. Are you working, Stephen? What? Are you working right now? Yeah, I'm still working. Um, I don't know. Selling liquor. That's good. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, we're. I'm fortunate. You said that earlier, right, Bobby? Like, uh. Yeah, a lot of people they're saying, "Hey, uh, go home, and we're not going to pay you." Like, yeah, see ya. <laughs> Good luck. So, we're definitely fortunate in that sense that we're, you know, I guess considered essential. Essential. Yeah. So, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> you are to me. You're like uh, the the main one. Like when in, everything happened, they're like shut down anywhere that people go to watch music. That's right. the first thing to shut down. Yeah. There's not many shows canceled. It's, it's just nuts, man. But I've been enjoying the time off. I literally hadn't stopped since I've been waiting for Brantley, so. Yeah. That's good to... cool, so. You can get burnt out. Um, I, you can... I actually, I, I put, like right before all this happened, I posted and I was just like, this happened at a good time because I was legit like dreading like going to play and stuff you know i mean i do a lot of covers and stuff it's a lot different but you know you definitely do get burnt out on it yeah so. i played in the cover band for a while and uh i mean i didn't play we played probably two or three shows a month i wouldn't play in like as much as y'all play but sometimes right. i'd be like oh shit i got a show this weekend and when that started yeah. happening i was like that's not as fun as that's not that's not good if i'm saying shit i gotta go do the thing yeah. i love doing the most so, so i can like buy food so. yeah cool um, like yeah big fight of the boy well now you'll be i guess ready because it might be set eight months ten months three months well, Who knows? i actually got a little help so oh, that's good some in, so. that's good that's good yeah um, so Sam, uh, just since you're on here, you're, you're playing Are you still playing with whiskey kiss? Are they, are they still together or? Yeah. Yeah. We're still playing. Okay. So, uh, check out whiskey kiss, uh, Facebook, Instagram. I guess you got all the regular platforms for whiskey kiss. Uh, right. Yeah. And then your new band, which is class Kings. Yeah. And, um, okay. That when's that coming out? Those songs, if you haven't heard them on my last podcast, I played them. Um, they're awesome. So everybody, go check those out. I don't know. Come out. We've, if, we've got a uh, we've got a few more that we're we're like working on, and I don't know. We really hadn't figured out how we want to do it all. It's really just been me and uh, Nico, the drummer. It's just been kind of mine and his project that we've been working on for like a year, and it's really just something we were doing for fun and. I don't know. It started sounding pretty good, so we've just been 
working at it. And we started like a, a real band, got a bass player and stuff. So we've been playing some shows. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I think it's really good. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Um, and then, Stephen, you got anything out right now? No. <laughs> no. I mean, you know, I every now and again, like I did, I went and how long ago was that that I went and recorded that solo? I was working on like the solo thing and that that's actually been a couple of years. Um, but you know, I think I figured out, I don't know, like I enjoy like playing with people and writing with people like that's, it's, it's really hard to do it by yourself because then it's all your ideas and sometimes they're not, Sometimes they're not any good, and there's nobody to tell you that they're not any good. You need someone to be like, "Stop! Say don't don't say that word." Or yeah, yeah. But honestly, like I have in probably the last, especially the last year, I have been like super involved in, in our church's worship team, and like you know just. Doing that, like we're recording services and stuff right now, and and that's what I've been doing. That's where I started playing worship music at church. So there is some great, great worship music, like Christian artists. Period. Like there's some really, really good stuff. I can tell you, Christian artists, the uh, hardcore and metal, metalcore, uh, if they're a Christian band, they're the best for some reason in that genre. Like, I, I don't know what what the what the deal is, but if you want a really good heavy song, they're usually on Solid State Records or something. So, I don't know about because they're blessed, my man. They're blessed. They're blessed. That's it. That's it. That's got to be yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, look, Stephen, you're a, a fantastic songwriter. Write some songs and record them and put them up. Do it. Do it. That's too No, it. yeah, I mean. That's too do it. You know, I don't know if, if either of you, like, ever do this. We're just talking about, like, songwriting and uh, songwriting in general, like, I feel like I feel like sometimes I'll write something and then I want it's like I want for people to hear it but it's it's never quite good enough like I I don't know like you you compare it to something you've done before does that make sense I know that feel. I know exactly what you're talking about. And look, here's I heard a the answer to this. Now you might not just can do it, but this is what helped me. So um, I started a photography business. So I, I uh, own Gradient Skies Photography, and so I'll take pictures of people, and then I'll get them and start editing them, and I'll sit there and go, it could be better, and then I'll just spend forever trying to edit it, 
and I saw a guy, uh, you know, tutorials online and stuff, and he said at some point you just have to make it good enough and and be done with it, or you will never finish anything. And, you know, and th at that point, that's when I realized, you know, sometimes um, it is it's good good enough has like a bad kind of connotation, but at some point you've got to say um, this is good. I've got to move on to something else or I'm never going to get anything done. And once I started doing that, I realized I could, I could put out my pictures and they're not of any less quality. I'm just not as, um, hard on the things I create so I can, you know, yeah, get things done. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing the exact same thing right now. Like I started, like I said, we've been, We've been recording because of everything going on with the virus. We've been recording services, you know, a week in advance. And I'll bring the tracks here and mix them or whatever. And I promise you, I've been mixing three songs for a Sunday service since Monday. Like, every single time I listen to it, I'm just like, mm -hmm, could be better. I'm never gonna up. get done. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a point where like you're being so critical of yourself that other people will never notice. Yeah, I mean, somebody like that listens to it really hard. There'll be one person that notices that your bass could have had more in the 600 frequency range or something, you know. And but most people are like, this sounds this sounds fine. And Sam, just to let you know, you're—I have a gigantic TV in front of me, so right now, <laughs> right now you are probably uh, like your head is, is this big <laughs> in front of my Terrible. face. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, so I really appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, it was fun talking to y'all. If uh, yeah. either of y'all ever want to come back on for anything. Uh, Steven, if you release some new songs, want to come on and show them off. Sam, if you ever want to bring your bands on, uh, you're welcome anytime. So. Definitely, man. Thank you. Love the show, by the way, man. It's been cool. I've enjoyed watching all the stuff with everything you've been doing. Really cool. Yeah, thank you. I've been uh, trying to give people a platform. and. Sorry I didn't get a, a tasty riff in. I wanted to. I just... I've been building the deck at my house. So I've been busy. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to have a new kind of contest. I'm either going to – it depends because I wanted to do like a backing track and say like play a solo or add a part to this, but then I'm scared people won't have the equipment to play over a backing track or something. Uh, uh, okay. I might do another Tasty Riff or I was thinking about maybe doing a, a collab song, like try to get like, you know, as many musicians on one song, like – I don't know. I'm going to do something again. So you're welcome to, to be a part of that as well. You as well, Stephen. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. So if, if y'all don't have anything else you want to shout out to the, the people listening, I guess we can go ahead and wrap nah, it up. Nah. It's been fun. I've enjoyed this. Yeah. Awesome. It has been, man. It was great to see both of you, really. Um yeah. I haven't seen either of you in so long, so. Well, if either of y'all are ever in Hattiesburg and we're not under lockdown, uh, I live right by, uh, well, shit, I don't want to say it. I live 
very close to the sidelines bar and grill. So I'm right here in Hattiesburg. If y'all, oh, uh, that's where my uh, drummer now lives. Nico, he lives right across the street from the sidelines in that apartment. Those apartments, yeah. I live. Uh, I could, I could walk to his house in five minutes and uh, be over there. So um, five minutes, time or my time? It, you're. T- it's walking time, real, not so-so walking time. It's 11 miles. <laughs> it's probably a mile. I'm just playing. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, yeah, so uh, I'll talk with you all soon. Hit me up. Hi, right, bro. See you, man. Good to see you. See, see you guys. Bye. Bye, Steve. Bye. Bye, buddy. Later. Goodbye.